Blog Talk Radio. Catch us live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can do so. You can follow me, that would be me, Jason, on Twitter at J. Wade Taylor. You can follow my friend, my partner, and co-host on Twitter, Tara, at Tara Dublin Rocks. And we encourage everyone to follow the show account on Twitter. That's Taylor Terra Radio. We also have an Instagram that we post a few things to. That's Taylor Terra Radio on Instagram. Uh, the chat room here on the show is open. You can get in there um, by signing in as a guest, or you can create a free Blog Talk Radio account. Um, you get some perks with that. Um, you're able to go to all the other podcasts, live radio, uh, live internet radio shows here on Blog Talk Radio and chat in the chat rooms and meet friends. And it, it can be fun and it can be not so fun. But you also get a free 30-minute podcast uh, once a week. Uh, no strings attached. There are good people there at BTR. So if you're, interesting, <clears throat> if you're interested in trying out podcasting as a hobby or maybe something you'd like to do, well, Block Talk Radio gives you a free 30-minute podcast per week, out of prime time, but uh, nonetheless, you get it for free. No strings attached, you don't have to put a credit card in, nothing like that. So, uh, all that good stuff. The phone number is 323-870-3499. I doubt we'll be getting to any phone calls today. We have a busy show today, a lot to talk about. We have a very special guest coming on, um, a Sherry Jacobus. Um, is going to be joining us at the bottom of the hour today, and we're looking forward to that. A lot in the news as I say good morning to my co-host and my friend, Tara Dublin. How are you this morning, Tara? Good morning, Jason. I'm uh, in I, – you know, I think how are you is a very loaded question in these times, 
And unless you provide context with the with the question, how are you? Um, well, it's really you know what you it know, really like, is. How was your it, weekend? Is a better directed question than how are you? Because but it's uh, not fact, so much it's not so much a loaded question as it is a smocking gun. It's a <laughs> did you do you have your smocking gun? Make sure you protect your tiny hands. With a smocking gun, if you put a smock on your tiny hands, that will protect them from getting burnt or getting any gunpowder on them, I think. Smocking, not just once, but twice in the same tweet. The man can't spell smoking, okay? What a (laughs) fucking idiot. I mean, one time you think, oh, typo. Typo, I mean, he's king of the typos, right? He He can't spell to begin with. But twice in the same tweet. And he, he's left it there. It hasn't been deleted. He's just left it there because he's a fucking idiot. Um, and so when you ask me, how are you? Uh, our friend Elena sent me a DM last night that just said, how are you? That's the wrong question to ask me specifically. Because like I told Elena and like I told you, uh, you know, like my personal life is in total shambles. Like I'm encouraged by all of the Mueller news and that's great. Me personally, nah. I'm my my personal life is just shambles. So uh, that's why I'm I'm more outer focused than inner focused because there's no point. There's just no point. That's why I tweeted this morning, which has nothing to do with politics. But uh, I I've so given up on the idea that I will ever find a mate. Um, so I'll continue to pitch the people who create The Bachelorette, which is a show I've never watched in my entire life. Ever, ever, never, not once. Although I did watch Rock of Love on VH1. Because I don't know why I watched that, but the Brett Michaels dating show, that one I watched. Um, but I just think, <laughs> oh, you know, like, <laughs> do you remember that show? It was awful. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it, man. It, uh, yeah, it was I awful, do. I mean, yet you couldn't look away. It was such a train yeah. wreck. And he had like three seasons of it or something, or even four, maybe. I'm yeah. not really sure. But it was like it was almost like if you when you watched it, if you got too close to the television, you could have gotten an airborne STD. It was it yeah. was that gross. But I yeah. was so compelled by it, and I don't even know why. But anyway, um, I was well, I will continue well, to poison, pitch the well, idea. Poison was Poison was one of those '80s bands, you know that. Well, yeah, of... and Brett Michaels, ew. But anyway, that's not that's not even the point I make. The point I'm making is one, and this is a conversation I've had with other people in our age range and that generation X is kind of the forgotten generation. We're not really marketed to, they don't make movies about us so much. And we're like, we had our John Hughes movies back in the day, but we don't get anything now really. And if we do like the new Jennifer Lopez movie, it's always about some contrived situation where we're, we're in a shitty situation. We have to lie about ourselves to get ahead in life. It's awful. It's just, and if we're portrayed as mothers, we're always like these desperate clingy, helicoptery soccer moms, desperate cougars. It's just, it's all terrible. So I would propose a, uh, a bachelorette type dating show for our generation, the forgotten generation. And instead of putting us like on a parasail or in a hot tub, because nobody wants to see pasty tattooed middle-aged people in their bathing suits. Uh, it's just, you know, sitting around the coffee shop that's closest to our kids' schools. That's how we would go on dates. But, it, you know, we have been forgotten by society in so many ways and they don't care about our vote they don't care about our opinion we're not marketed to and uh I, you know it's an untapped gen uh, gold mine 
our generation. And so if The Bachelor, and by the way, I'm not interested in watching a bunch of 22 and 23-year-olds look for their dream man. I mean, that's bullshit. You should not be settling down in your early 20s. That's a whole other thing. But for those our age who once again can't seem to get a normal relationship going, may need a little outside help. Just a little, you know, a little bit of assistance, a little bit of a boost. So uh, Monday motivation for me, besides all of the politics that we're going to get to momentarily, just, you know, sometimes a girl needs some help. So whoever produces The Bachelor now, I'm not even sure. I, I think that's a viable television program that I have just pitched. And uh, somebody out there should run with that idea and then also give me money for my idea. That's all. It sounds like a the, plan. I, um, you've heard me complain about dating in Portland. I know dating is terrible everywhere. It just seems because I live here, you know, I just see it, you know, up close and personal. And my last dating experience was just a burnt, a really, it just burnt me. And I'm done with trying to find somebody by myself. So I, just, I think I just need a little assistance there. And uh, I don't want to know what the people in the chat room what advice they might be offering regards to that, because Uh-oh. I think they also no, no, no. deserve to be single. So any who's let's move on uh, to the garbage fire that we are living in. And the fact that Donald Trump continues to tweet, despite the fact that he, he should be in prison. I don't know if you've, if I've ever expressed that opinion to you, but he, he shouldn't have the job that he has. Cause number one, he doesn't uh- want it. But then secondly, Friday night was the best night of Hanukkah. Because Friday, after we got off the show, is when all of the goodness dropped. And that would have been, we were expecting the Manafort and Cohen sentencing memos on Friday. We were anticipating that. But we did not know that also the Southern District of New York was going to drop something on Cohen as well on Friday. So we got extra Hanukkah presents. And the thing that I loved so much about all of that was like the Mueller report about Cohen kind of went easy on him. They were like, oh, he cooperated, don't do anything to him. And the Southern District of New York was like, fuck that guy. He deliberately did all of this stuff for his own personal gain and to cover his ass. He needs to go away for a minimum of three and a half years. Minimum. So his sentencing is on Wednesday, Michael Cohen's, and that'll be a fun day for all of us, won't it? And so as all of this happens, Donald Trump is terrified. He knows he's screwed. The walls are so closed in on now on him now. He can't breathe. And every person that I talked to this week, I actually went out, by the way, on Saturday. I visited Crosby at his new home, which was lovely. And uh, Crosby's new parents, uh, his new dad is awesome and had a really interesting take on this whole thing because he follows politics very closely. And uh, I think it's really important to have these conversations out in the world because you and I can sit here and say well, whatever we want to say, and our friend Sherry Jacobus will join us soon, and she'll have. But to, but you know, for for people who are not, um, it's not their job to talk about politics, and they're just you know observing. Uh, this gentleman who is really on top of things, um, he thought that the election would be nullified now that we know that Donald Trump actively participated in uh, in making it go his way. Uh, He feels, this gentleman felt that the election should be nullified and that Hillary Clinton should be placed uh, in the, you know, and sworn into office because she won legitimately. And I said, well, that would be delightful. 
if that would happen, because that was one of the many things that I suggested could happen uh, when all of this went down. So um, what do you think? Do you th- I mean, I don't know what it w- I mean, obviously, I have suggested that before, Jason, that the Supreme Court could technically nullify the election results. I, I don't we don't have a precedent for this. Uh, everyone's no. kind of scared by the idea, but I say, fuck it. We can handle it as a nation. I think we can handle pretty much anything. I really do. Yeah. And I think you, if we've lived through this garbage fire for this long, I mean, I think that we have the strength as a nation to deal with any sort of a crisis. I mean, the way we came together after 9-11, I always go back and I think about that when people talk about how fractured we are now. And it took something awful, right, to pull us together. Well, I, I think that um, I think that you have to set aside your personal things now, and you need to focus on what's best for the country, right? So the country yeah. need the country yeah. the country has been attacked, just not with bombs. It's we were cyber attacked. Our voting process was attacked. We every day are being attacked. It's time for us to come together and fight back. Yeah. And so, um, strength in numbers, people. First, strength in numbers. To your first question, Tara, when you were uh, about you know the Supreme Court and should this election be nullified and Hillary? And I mean, look, I I stayed off you know uh, this week, all weekends. You know, for me, I just have to kind of uh, get away from politics. Uh, I'm not on social media. Basically, anything you see coming off my timeline is an autopilot. Um, but, um, I did a lot of thinking this weekend as far as in a lot, I've met with a lot of friends and people in politics here in Texas and stuff. We were having some discussions and Tara, I've come around, I've come to the conclusion of this. I believe that now to answer, wait, let me jump backwards to answer your question. As far as I think the whole election being nullified, Hillary Clinton becoming president things is kind of, that's not, I don't think that's fantasy. That's never going to happen. Um, but I have come – I've come around to this – on this whole thing that we got into, this whole discussion of indicting a sitting president that we got in with Ellie Honig and, and me and you talked about the, the great link. I think – you know what? I think, our, I think our constitution needs a refresher, and in that if the president of the United States is charged – with a felony, um, there has to be some means of removal or something else. I, I, I'm, I've come to this conclusion with Trump. Uh, you know, I, it, it, there's a, you know, because it, there's so much here, and, and it is way more than Watergate. I mean, it's, it's just, it's. It's way more, and you know, people like John Dean and uh, Joanne Banks, and people that were, in, you know, in that, and were a part of Watergate. Um, you know, all you know, all agree there, there's just so much here, and I, I think there needs to be a refresher. And, you know, I know people always get terrified when you talk about, you know, you know, doing anything with the Constitution, but I think there needs to be a refresher in, in, in as that. Um, you know, when a president is is, is uh, you know you know it, it implicated in felonies and implicated in in these sorts of things, that there has to be a remedy, uh, something other than having to uh, you know go through the impeachment process 
um, um, you know, which if you know if that was the case today, obviously that's not going to happen. The House, you know, um, very well is looking more and more like you know they're going to take up you know um, file articles of impeachment. And, and, and for all those you don't know, in the House it only takes a simple majority, and they'll have that. Uh, it only takes a simple majority to file uh, articles of impeachment in the House. So, and then the Senate would have a trial. And we all know kind of pretty much where that would go, although I've also thought, Tara, that I there's so much if, if there's so much out there, I can only imagine what else Mueller has. I mean, there could be some some I mean there God knows what there could be. I mean, there could be tapes. If there is a let's just say hypothetically there is a tape. Of him doing something, audio or video, either or, doing doing saying something, just I mean you know bad, really far out there, you know doing some crazy acts with a donkey or I mean whatever. <laughs> but I mean you know, even in that, then, in that scenario, even in then, that scenario, his most devoted would still not abandon him. Well, no, they wouldn't. But in that scenario, Tara, I do believe – look, I've kind of changed my tune a little bit over the weekend. In that scenario, and I believe there's enough because I listened to Rubio. I did listen to Rubio on some of the Sunday talk shows, and um, I, I listened to a number of different Republicans, and Rubio specifically said – and, and you know, Rubio walks that fine line, but he said – you know, he made it clear that no – no one person in this country, including the president, is above the law. So nobody believe, is above the law. Nobody. Right. right. And so well, I think people like Senator Rubio, you have there's a number of senators coming in. Romney. You know, Romney would be one. Um there's a number of senators coming in, a number of senators currently sitting on the Republican side that I believe would not take much more um, to – wouldn't take much more coming out on, on Trump, and especially if something like a, a video or audio tape you know, emerged. Uh, I think well, would, but I we've think, seen what audio and videotapes have done, which is nothing. The Access Hollywood tape did nothing. The Michael Cohen tape did nothing. If Michael Cohen and Trump on tape discussing it, hush payments, that didn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, it did something I, to Michael Cohen. I it didn't do anything a, to Donald yeah, Trump. Yeah, I think yet. we're in a different. Yeah, but I think we're in a. I think we're we're somewhere different, you know, right now. And you know, going back and 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 you know, I, you know, really, uh, the whole Nixon Watergate saga was something that I studied a lot in graduate school and how it all went down. And you know, I, <laughs> it's striking to me. Um, the similarities um, that I've read this weekend, and I do, you know, I mean, I've read a lot about what's going on with Pence and and all this, that, and the other. I don't, I don't think it's. I think maybe you could actually see Kara. You could see uh, for different reasons, um, obviously, but I think you could kind of maybe you would see a exactly as Watergate played out. Maybe you have who was Richard Nixon's vice president, who was charged with financial crimes in 73, Spiro Agnew resigned um, a year before Nixon resigned. Nixon appointed Ford 
um, and then uh, subsequently Senator Scott and um, uh, 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 House Majority Leader at the time, Goldwater, went to Nixon and Senator Scott and, and Goldwater went to Nixon and said, listen, um, we had a Democrat and a Republican. They went to Nixon. They said, listen, uh, you're not you're not getting out of this. I, I mean, we're going to convict you and I mean, in the Senate and, and, you know, the best thing you can do is, you know, to resign. And I tweeted something to the effect would, you know, is there anybody out there that that Trump would listen to that? It, would he take that advice? If they if like you let's just say somebody like Lindsey Graham comes to Trump along with Romney or whoever and says, listen, President Trump, ugh. but I mean, how they would address. Don't say those I know. Listen, listen here. Let's, let's go this way. Listen here, Donald. Look. Um, we have the votes in the Senate to convict you, and um, it would. I mean, do you, you know, and do you really? We don't want the country put through this. We don't want <laughs> to do this, but we will do it if you do not resign. And that's what happened with Nixon. Nixon resigned because he he didn't have no choice. He knew it was coming. Ford pardoned. Right. Right. So. Um... so I mean, just so, really, I mean, but really, in the kind of the grand scheme of things, everything going down with Pence, you can see Pence resigning, then a Trump appointing, you know, another somebody else there into the vice president's role, obviously, and then Trump resigning. That whoever that vice president would be, you know, would pardon Trump. Pardon Trump. Right. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, it's it's what I mean. It's scary. There's a lot of things. I mean, all along it's been so much like you know uh, Watergate, almost a mirror image. Did in, you see? In many did you see what Adam Schiff said? Uh, that basically, the second Donald Trump leaves office, he can get arrested. Yes. So, um, yes. and that's another thing too, by the way, Tara. You know, M- Mueller can file a sealed indictment, and. If he filed, let's say he didn't, you know, he could, he, he didn't, and he Mueller not the type of guy that is going to indict a sitting president, but he could file a sealed indictment for the minute Trump leaves office and is no longer president, he will perp walk him in cuffs, and oh, that'd be glory. That be so yeah. if that is the case, then Donald Trump has no impetus to resign. He would want to stay in the office and have the office protect him for as long as possible. So I don't see a resignation. And, you know, this is something that we have talked about repeatedly, not just his ego uh, preventing him from resigning because he can't be seen as a failure by anybody, but uh, because he's so hooked through the bag when it comes to Daddy Vlad, um, he has to stay in office because that's where Daddy Vlad wants him. To be, um, however, this is also something that we've discussed on the show. Pardon me. Uh, the GOP doesn't really need Donald Trump anymore. The GOP has gotten their conservative judges on the Supreme Court, and they've gotten tons of judges uh, appointed to federal positions all over the country. While the garbage fire was going on, while we were distracted by other things, very quietly, all of these judgeships went through. The GOP technically, at this point, no longer needs Donald Trump. So they could 
start, if I were anybody in the GOP, I'd be backing away, not just slowly, but I would be turning my nipples to the wind and running as fast as I could. You know, kind of like Nick Ayers, who was offered the chief of staff job and turned it down. If you're turning down the chief of staff job and you're saying, I want to go home to Georgia, what you're saying really, as I tweeted, I've already made my immunity deal with Mueller and I'm gone. And that's what anybody who is still in the White House should do. They should make an immunity deal with Bob Mueller today. That's a lot bigger deal than people are talking about because you're talking about a 34-year-old guy assuming a – I mean one of the highest positions, um, chief of staff, um, and he turned it down. He didn't want it. He didn't want it. 34-year-old. I mean I don't know. I don't know how anybody says, oh, a job in the Trump White House. Oh, yes, please. I mean nobody has been able to keep a job in that. White House, except for Trump and Pence. Everything else has been turned over. Every other position has been occupied by more than one person since they took office. There has been more turnover in this White House than in Applebee's during summer. I mean, it's crazy. (laughs) And if this was a Democratic White House with this amount of turnover, can you imagine? I I, I certainly cannot. So... um, the fact that nobody wants that chief of staff job. He tweeted that, you know, he's looking at many very fine people. No, you're not. You're really not at this point. And the fact that he also said that they're going to release a counter report to the Mueller report. The Mueller report has not even been released yet. What are you countering? What do you, what do you know that they have? You know that you're fucked. So, and his, oh man, and Don Jr. I really think Don Jr. and Jared, we're going to see both of them get indicted very soon. Very, before Christmas. Yeah, um, I, there's a lot of stuff. Let, there's a lot of stuff there, and you know, for me on this whole Jared Kushner thing, I, I, you know, I've, I've read a lot, and his his whole relationship with 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 uh, Mohammed bin Salam and the Saudis is is uh, it, people say shady. I, I'm gonna. It's way more than shady. It's downright scary, evil. God knows what's going on. I mean it. You know, I mean, Jared was telling, you know, uh, uh, Mohammed bin Salam, you know, how to, you know, basically spin the uh, killing of our of our journalists over there. I mean, there's a lot of cre- I mean, this is like super creepy stuff. It's and, really creepy. And uh, over the weekend, I saw a clip of him from months and months ago where Jared Kushner, where he uh made a uh, statement to the press saying he had no involvement in Russia or, you know, in, in Saudi Arabian deals. He had no involvement in Russian deals and uh, blah, blah, blah. You know, everything is above board. And what it reminds – first of all, he has the girliest voice. And it reminds me of when Vanessa Bayer does Jacob the Bar Mitzvah Boy on Saturday Night Live. That's exactly how he talks. Like he's just about to do his Haftorah portion at his own bar mitzvah, and he's beyond nervous and has no backbone whatsoever. And I don't know that I've witnessed someone that weak and wimpy uh, in a really long time. What a turnoff. And it makes me think, what kind of a man Ivanka Trump finds attractive is really, that's really, it just is such a turnoff. It makes my flesh crawl the entire, the entire situation. He's so weak. Every 
person in that family, despite the fact that they've achieved these positions of power, they're personally weak. Their constitutions are weak. They're not, and that is why they align themselves with these He's dictators. He's a burly they man. Covet, right? They covet their strength and yeah. power, and they think they're going to absorb. Man. He's a very, he's a big girly man. Um, yeah, but Kevin they think they're going to Yeah. Um, so he, like Trump, is weak. Don Jr., weak. Eric Trump, weak. They're all weak, and that's why they're so drawn to these foreign dictators who have power and strength and are seen and are revered uh, for, I mean, basically they're ruling by, with fear, and that's what a dictator does, and that's what Trump wants. He wants to rule with fear, and he wants ultimate loyalty from everybody around him as well as his constituents. So he know, they, they all know how weak they are and how ultimately powerless they are because they can't compare to a Putin, to an NBS. So they, you know, they chase that. And they're like, yeah. see, see, I did stuff for you. See, I'm, I'm, I'm good now. Pat me on the head. And we saw what happens with Daddy Vlad when you disappoint him. Then he favors MBS over you. We saw that at Carol, G20. Me, and little Donnie didn't like that at all. Tara, let me take you. Let, let me let. I want to take the listeners down down another road here, and I want to play the devil's advocate, and I want to throw this out to you because this is what okay. I'm hearing. I, I'm hearing a lot of this from the right. I read a lot about this. I mean, there's been a lot of. Uh, I know a lot of our listeners don't read. You should. I mean, you should read some of it. There, there's there's places to go to read what the Republicans, what these conservatives are writing, and like not all of them bad. You know, I mean, you you can go to the Weekly Standard. Weekly Standard is basically, you know, and props. You know, and real quick, let me give props to 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 to, to Bill Crystal. To uh, Stephen Hayes, to those people at the Weekly Standard, because they're in tough times right now, Tara. Um, they're considering selling that because they have been staunch Never Trump from the beginning, and it's hurt them. And um, you know they're looking possibly uh, to uh, Bill Crystal is possibly considering selling the Weekly Standard. Uh, Stephen Hayes, the editor, um, the people that I've known for a long time, um, is a uh, that's just something. We'll get Sherry's take on that and uh, see what uh, Sherry has to say about that. But here's what I wanted to give you real quick before we go to break. What, uh, uh-huh. Okay, here, here, here's what I'm hearing. Look, this – and I'm playing the devil's advocate here, folks. Okay, listen, Tara, look. Mueller is not – there's no collusion. He's not going after Russia. He's going after the Trump family and the Trump family business. This has nothing to do with the the, the original uh, uh, Russia collusion Mueller was going to go after, and now he's stretched. He's gone beyond, and, and Trump is ultimately – has to fire him now. That's why he's got the new AG. So he, Mueller has gone beyond the scope of, of, of Russia, and there is no collusion, and all there is is his Trump family business and, and petty financial crimes and such, Tara. So that's, but that's not true because in the Mueller sentencing memo, as well as in the Flynn sentencing memo, there is proof of coordination between the Trump transition team and Russia. There's proof. And the reason exactly. that Mueller did not redact that particular line is that he wanted everybody to know they have found evidence of coordination. Call it whatever you want. If you're afraid of the C word that rhymes with illusion, if collusion is a word you're afraid of, they were using the word synergy, 
which is not really the, the same as collusion, but it's bad. Uh, collusion, coordination, cooperation, whatever word you're using, they were working together, my friends. It's in the Flynn memo, and there's enough in both the Mueller and in the Cohen sentencing memos to indicate that the Trump team was working with the Russians to make this election happen in the way they wanted to. So if, and he has been implicated in a felony, in more than one felony. And when in this country, whoever you are, if you are guilty of a felony, you serve time. Now, of course, there has not been a trial. He hasn't been called to testify in front of anybody. But you, he's not. But again, we'll go back to he is not above the law. Yes, he can be prosecuted. Yes, he can be indicted. Yes, he can be sentenced. Yes, he can be put away. Uh, the gentleman that I spoke with over the weekend who said that the election should be nullified, he happened to think that Trump would be removed from office and then Trump or even before Trump gets removed from office, he thinks that Trump would hop on a plane and go seek asylum in Russia. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think Trump's next rally could be in Moscow. (laughs) I mean, he wants to go live in Russia. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, no, I mean, more power to him. Punished in some way. Yeah, but... You know, let, you know. Somebody made a great analogy that um, uh, uh, Trump is to Putin is what Cohen was to Trump. Yes. <laughs> so an errand that, boy. It, and that's exactly, exactly. And that should make perfect sense for those that understand it. Hey, we need to go to a quick break here on TaylorTerrorRadio.com. Um, we have our uh, very special guest Sherry Jacobus on the line getting ready to join us a quick break we'll be right back after this do not go anywhere you are listening to taylorterrorradio.com
the new week and uh, Christmas upon us. I think, mm, what have we got, 15 shopping days left, something like that, till Christmas. Um, I hope everyone is having a enjoyable and festive holiday season. Um, the phone number is 323-870-3499. Highly unlikely we'll be taking any phone calls today. Um, if you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at Taylor. You can follow Tara on Twitter at Tara Dublin Rocks, and we encourage everyone to follow the show account on Twitter. That would be Taylor Tara Radio on Twitter. Um, and uh, I tell you what, uh, we encourage everyone also to follow our, our very special guest today, joining us from a blizzard of a snowstorm in North Carolina. Sherry Jacobus. Sherry, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for joining us in, in the middle of a North oh. Carolina snowstorm. Uh, yeah, a North Carolina snowstorm is very different from snowstorms up up home. You know, I'm down here yes. visiting friends, and uh, and I think, you know, that this is a real one, but it's my understanding that in North Carolina and parts nearby, when you get just a little bit of snow, everybody kind of freaks out because it's a new thing yeah. oh, and they yeah. don't know how to drive in it. But but if you have friends, uh, relatives that are in North Carolina, and if they're sending you messages like, oh, my goodness, you wouldn't believe the snow down here, this time you can believe them. This is a real snowstorm. This is uh, this is like what you see up in Maryland, D.C., New York. This is, this is for real. So uh, don't accuse your North Carolina friends down south of hyperbole on this because they finally got the real thing. They aren't crying wolf at this time. Yeah, that happens That's anytime true. we get a little anytime we get a little light snow or a little light ice here in Houston, which happens I think three years ago we, we had a pretty good amount of snow. I mean the whole city the whole city shuts down. <laughs> well you're yeah. not well, for it. It's not a normal thing for the South to yeah. have snowstorms. But hey, there's no yeah. such yeah. thing as climate change. Let's not worry about that. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, a foot and a half of snow in North Carolina is totes normal. Normal. Oh, sure. Especially this early, especially when it's not even technically calendar-wise yeah. winter yet. So, you know, whatever. Let's not even worry about that stuff. So it's I am just, not you know. on the road. I, I know originally I told you guys I was going to be doing this from the road. And I thought, well, you know, things just aren't looking good. So I'm sitting here in a, in a nice, comfy, warm place and uh, ready to go. Shoot. Well, that's, that's good because it's always better. It's always better to be safe, and I hope that nowhere near you is a smocking gun, Sherry, because a smocking no. gun is so dangerous. Yeah. Well, any smocking guns need to be kept out of eyesight for me because, you know, I, I don't know how to even use a smoking gun. So if you get me yeah. near a smocking gun, um, you know, <laughs> well, everybody watch out. Hide the chair. I think a, a, a smocking gun, you know, it's covered with beautiful fabric, and, uh, it, you know, it <laughs> I protects was you glitter. from... Glitter, sure. You can have a, a glitter smock. I, you know, when it comes to smock, I think finger painting and pro, like little, you know, little craft projects that kindergartners do. Those are the I ones. Think, I think like, of maternity. I think of maternity wear. It's maternity wear. That's also that's what yes. a smock is. So yeah, yeah right. definitely. So I think of my grandmother Indi- wearing her indiv- smock. Individual one. Individual one keeps us uh, entertained, doesn't he? Individual number yep. one. Individual yeah. one is so screwed, and it's 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 now. This is the point I think that we've most been looking forward to as the demise is so apparent. Just watching him freak out and throw everything well, at the they, wall—it's yeah. just crazy. 
the the fat lady has started warming up, as they say. Oh yeah. Oh no. So, no, no. She's, yeah. Yeah. And he nice knows and it. And, and I, he's he's losing uh, support. He now he's got this diehard base that we know will never leave him. I don't think it's going to stay at this thirty three, thirty five percent that he's had um, throughout this entire. Uh, national nightmare of ours uh, at some point some of them will be picked off and uh, it, it'll take some doing uh, because you know once people dig their heels in and once they're you know firmly embedded into the cult it's hard uh, you can pre- present them with all kinds of evidence but as, as long as they've got their their right-wing media as long as they've got Sean Hannity uh, and and folks like that you know they're going to hang on um, you know, like it's the last rope in a, in a tsunami. So, um, but I have a theory. I have a theory about what's happening, uh, which I've tweeted Bring about it. a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think, and you remember after the midterms, and stay with me here, right after the midterms, there was that really odd meeting between Mitch McConnell and Rupert Murdoch, who owns Fox News, yeah. New York Post, Wall Street Journal. And it was after hours at the Capitol, which means Murdoch came to McConnell. Uh, and they met after hours, and everybody was like, "What in the heck could they be talking about?" Now, hmm. you gotta under, yeah, you gotta understand that's that's a really odd thing. Uh, a couple days later, we have Tom Barack uh, in Paris when Trump is. His plane was there. You know, it's been long said that if Trump listens to anyone, it's Tom Barack, and he doesn't always listen to him. But that would be the one person. So here, here we go. Here's Sherry's theory, which I have written about. Uh, I believe that Mitch McConnell understands his job as it always is. He is there to get Republicans and keep Republicans in office in the Senate. That's his job. Uh, he did not sign up to be, you know, uh, individual one's coffee boy. Uh, but, it's, you know, it was useful for a while. It means to an end. He got his justices. He got his SCOTUS, uh, Supreme Court justices. He got his other judicial picks. Um, so, you know, in some ways, Trump has outlived his usefulness. I believe that with 22 Republican Senate seats up uh, to defend in 2020 to the Democrats' 12, Mitch McConnell knows he has to do something to prevent some kind of a bloodbath, at least limit it. So I believe that he and, and Murdoch met to strategize about how to coordinate and force Trump to an exit ramp. Now, stay with me. I know it sounds, and no, we don't want to be too optimistic here, but this is, I think this could really be happening. And then I think a couple of days later, Barack was sent, Tom Barack was sent to Paris to have a little chat with Trump. Remember Trump canceled all those events? I, I believe he canceled the one event because of the rain, because he's out of his hair, and we heard that. But he, he, was, he was sort of weird uh, in other areas over there, and I think this is why. I think he's been told, uh, find your exit ramp, because here's what will happen. If Trump... Hmm. Fires Mueller. I think Mitch McConnell purposely did not protect Mueller because he wants to give Trump enough rope to hang himself. With 22 Senate seats to defend in 2020, you do not want Trump at the top of of the ticket. You want him gone soon enough, and you want enough Republican senators to be able to go on the record and say they would vote to convict because if Mueller is fired, the Democrats will have a big loud, splashy public hearing, and everything is going to come out. They're going to go after everything, and they will impeach Trump. Now you're saying, okay, well, with the Republicans with a majority in the Senate, how do you get to 67 to convict and kick Trump out of office? Well, 
again, those 22 seats that Republicans, that Mitch McConnell has to defend, uh, those folks are going to have to answer to the people back home. And if it starts looking like they can't get away with defending Trump, those senators are going to need to be able to, they will publicly whip them, meaning they will be able to publicly say what their position is, that they will vote to convict. And once those Republican senators, one by one, publicly say, and they will be given permission by McConnell to do what they need to do, um, once they say, I will vote to convict, the evidence is just overwhelming, that would be how you would get Trump to resign, also with his kids, threatening his kids. But here's how you help make it easier for these senators to say, I will vote to convict. Rupert Murdoch controls Fox News, and what you're going to see, I think they were coordinating that pivot. I think we will see Fox News, uh, not because it's the right thing to do, but because it's a business decision, um, uh, they will start pivoting and turning against Trump, which means Hmm. part of that base back home is now going to be looking to Republican senators. They're going to be okay with them saying they're going to vote to convict. I think Hmm. this was a strategy meeting when to pivot, and look what we found out the other day. Tucker Carlson overseas was basically saying Trump doesn't know what he's doing. He's not doing his job. Little by little, uh, you've got Judge Napolitano um, going against Trump, and I think we will see it. Um, You may have Sean Hannity and and Laura Ingram as the last holdouts. Maybe, maybe not. You know, they have to do something for credibility, but I think we'll see the New York Post, uh, the Wall Street Journal editorial page, which so far has been very pro-Trump, but you mark my words, you're going to see this slow pivot to make it acceptable for those as many, for a number, the right number of 22 Republican senators up you know, with 22 seats to defend to be able to come forward and say they would vote to convict. Donald Trump will never let himself be uh, thrown out of office. But remember, the House impeaches, then it goes to the Senate, and the Senate votes to convict and kick a president out of office. Uh, so, and even if you want, even if he's saying, well, look, I can't be indicted until I leave office, they may do it. So Donald Trump, individual one, is being cornered. He's feeling the heat. The walls are closing in. And um, if it were a normal individual, I might feel sorry for him. But I feel sorry for our country, what we've been put through by him. So I have no pity for him. Do you have pity oh, for no. him? No. Okay. Sherry, at the beginning of the show of his today. Own making. He's absolutely in a situation of his own making. He's dug himself in too deep. Um, something that's really interesting, I, I, you know, I never considered the Fox News angle and that Rupert Murdoch, Mitch McConnell meeting, a lot of people trying to figure out what that meant. And I think that makes so much sense, especially Fox News has not tweeted from their official account in over a month. Their last exactly. tweet was on November the 8th. That was yes. the last time the they tweeted. I, yeah. And I think it makes sense that they're trying to figure out a new tactic to send out to their fan base because, I mean, when a major news outlet, like you don't want to call Fox a news outlet, that's fine, but Fox News is still considered a news outlet. They haven't tweeted in over a month. Yes, something is up. Now, I also um, pretty certain they have their own bot operation. Remember, there's been so, so much that's happened in the last few years. We, we tend to forget things and miss things. But remember, when all this came down about Roger Ailes, um, it was then revealed that he had a black ops room, a black room, where they did all kinds of spying and, and, uh, and interesting little things. It was on the 11th or 12th floor, floor of Fox News of the building there, and he had certain people running it. Um, 
they were accused of maybe ha- hacking emails, but they had a bot operation. I think we knew they had their own, and that bot operation could be turned uh, to be pro-Trump. It was also reported that Roger Ailes hired both uh, Steve Bannon and Roger Stone to do some of the um, the little bit of uh, sort of the dirty work there uh, for the black room. So a lot of that could have come forward. Um, there could have been, you know, we don't know what Mueller has done or other law enforcement if they've had to look into the Fox News bot operation or whatever they were doing, and that could maybe shut them down on Twitter. You know, it could be something that none of us have ever thought of or could even imagine, but I don't think that there's any question that something is up with Fox News ceasing to tweet altogether. I mean, it's and really it has- weird. Sherry, at the beginning so of the show reached- today, I, I was I was noting um, uh, over the weekend on some of the Sunday shows, um, uh, uh, Senator Rubio in particular, um, I was noting that he was very clear when asked. Um, you know, he, Senator Rubio stated that no one is above the law, including the president. And I found that you know interesting. You know, and Rubio tends to kind of walk that fine line there um and i've seen other republicans come out and kind of goes to 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 your narrative there and that's what i was sort of alluding to that in the beginning of the show today that i've seen a number of republicans and especially with the incoming senators you know people like romney and um you know those that that have a could you know have a possible grudge there against Trump and not the best relationship in the world. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're, you're, you're making you're the sin- case for getting to 67. That sounds like what you're talking about. That there that you're starting to see that there's a path to 67 Senate votes to convict oh, after the House impeachments. There you go. Oh yeah, absolutely. I see that. Yes. Yeah, I see when I see Rubio coming out like that, and then. Um, you know, then you have somebody like Romney coming into the Senate. Um, you know, I could rattle off a few more. And now that Lin- yeah, but- Lindsey, Glam- Lindsey Graham now knows that he's not going to be uh, Attorney General, he may end up doing it. Uh, he could vote yeah. for, uh, to convict after impeachment. Uh, and when the handwriting and look, the Mueller has had no PR, done no media. Of course, he has not, and. Uh, once this stuff starts coming out and the the truth starts coming out, see, right now um, our side is getting a, a bad rap because we get beat up on and beat up on because so much is there's evidence and there's speculation. It's informed speculation. But once the truth comes out and the evidence is there, it's going to be so difficult. So the House, you know, I think you'll have a lot of Republicans in the House. Um, that vote to impeach. And if you have House Republicans voting to impeach, don't you think that also makes it a lot easier for Senate Republicans to vote to then convict? A- absolutely. I do. And I, would, I, and I mean, I would ask you, yeah, Sherry. Is- yeah, I, I would ask you, as, as, you ha- as we had um, a Senator Scott in Goldwater go to Nixon and, you know, tell him, look, there's no way out of this. Um, you know, you're, you're going to get convicted. And he ultimately resigned. Who who do you see? And Lindsey Graham probably one of them. Who do you see being the Senator Scott Goldwater that goes to Trump? And would he hmm. listen to them? Well, that's interesting. Let me think about that. And then while I'm thinking about, it, I'm going to tell you this one thing. Remember who was RNC chairman when Nixon was impeached? George H. W. Bush. 
Yes. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I think we have a, a different type of person in there. Okay. Who? Let's think about this. Let's let's game this out. Who in the Senate or the House? Who would who would actually Senate. go? Who would have that well, kind of way? Well, you had way? Senator Scott and you had Goldwater go to Nixon. Uh, Goldwater was obviously in the House um, and uh, yeah. Senator Scott. Um, so I would guess you would have. I, I'm kind of going along the same scenario. You'd have one somebody from the House, somebody from the Senate, you know, high but ranking. But he doesn't listen to anybody. He doesn't listen right. to anybody. He doesn't. So he doesn't have. Yeah. Okay. So it but, would have to be. It might. It might be Tom Barack again. They might go to Tom Barack and say, look, and he can say, look, uh, look, uh, individual one. Uh, we've just had. Uh, uh, I've just gotten word that that you're done. Uh, and this will be the second conversation. It might take a few, but it'll be the same one. They're going to say, find an exit ramp and cut whatever deal you can. They're going to get your kids. And if Trump just thinks, well, as long as I stay in office, I can't be indicted. I'll just, yeah, I'll just do everything I can to stay in office. Mitch McConnell uh, does not want that to happen because he knows that there would be a bloodbath. There would be no chance of the Republican Party surviving. Uh, Rupert Murdoch is probably smart enough to figure out that his media empire cannot sustain supporting Trump just for the sake of supporting Trump. Uh, and that, there's a lesson here. As long as it works for all sides, as long as they all get something out of it, mercenaries that they are, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. But at that point, Trump ceases to be useful to them uh, because Trump will not be able to control his base just on tweets. He needs uh, right-wing radio. He needs Rupert Murdoch's media empire, Fox News, New York Post, Wall Street Journal editorial page. Without them, Trump cannot control his own base. And here's the thing. You can say he can do it by Twitter, but what we now know is most of his Twitter operation is fake. Trump fans, his base, are not on Twitter. Facebook, maybe. I think we've talked about this before when I've been on, but they're not on Twitter. It doesn't fit the demographic. They hear about some of his tweets through the other media they consume, such as Rush Limbaugh, Hannity, others on Fox News, but you know, Hannity's radio show. But most of Trump's base are not getting his daily tweets. They hear about them. They're simply not on Twitter. Yeah, you're spot um, on. No, you're spot on. I would that, like Terry. to uh, – <laughs> um, uh, Jill Weinbanks. Our, who we all love and respect and who obviously was on the, the team that <laughs> in the Watergate prosecutors, she just tweeted, wow, that means we get the president, the popular vote elected. So um, there's a, there's a th- that was in response to a thread. Uh, As unfolding, the investigation of Trump is proving he was not elected with legitimacy that's stated and supported with evidence. Does his illegitimate occupation of the White House now negate his quote-unquote presidency and open him up to full indictment for his crimes? And does it mean Hillary Rodham Clinton should fulfill the remainder of the term? If the election Hmm. is negated, let's just say if the election results are nullified, shouldn't the person who actually won get to do the job we elected her to do? Well, the should and what the legalities are are two different things. Um, it's my understanding that she would not automatically then become president. Uh, you would have, you know, it's also possible that Mueller goes after Pence first uh, so that you don't get this automatic uh, pardon thing. Remember, they got Agnew before they got Nixon. Uh, right. So I, I get, said that exactly. Sherry, in the beginning of the show, I laid out that exact scenario, whereas Agnew resigned in 73, Nixon appointed Ford, Nixon resigned seventy four. 
Ford appointed Rockefeller. I mean, exactly that kind of same Watergate scenario kind of playing out here. Whereas Pence would go first, um, you're, you know, and you're elaborating on just then. So interesting. Or they get both of them, and then you end up with a President Pelosi, and she didn't pardon anybody. Now, um, no. there, there is a. There, there is a, there is a scenario that they could probably do this. And again, I'm thinking out loud, so forgive me. Um, and I, and I might miss something. In, in which case, I'm sure that people much smarter than me will be calling you guys and telling you that I, I'm just, you know, don't know what I'm talking about in Japan's Sam. But I'm wondering if President Pelosi then says, okay, um, that now the House of Representatives can ha- can make anybody speaker that they want. It doesn't have to be a member of the House of Representatives. So let's say they make Hillary Clinton speaker of the House. The Democratic House makes Hillary Clinton speaker. Nancy Pelosi is president. She has a vice president. They both, um, in turn, uh, resign uh, or do you know do the succession thing so that then Hillary Clinton, in fact, does become president. So yeah, there is a, a way you you could do that, which could happen. So uh, yeah, yes, there, there I've is a read. Way. I have read that. Yes, I have read that. I've I've read other people have have written or have written that and said that, and I've I've read that exact same scenario that you just and we laid sound out. crazy talking about it. No, we sound crazy yeah. talking about. It, but when you look at everything that's happened over the past three years, I think we're at a point where we have to say, you know, there's nothing too crazy for this era. <laughs> I agree with that. Exactly yeah, because listen to what we were talking about before this. I mean. The fact that we have, we have to say out loud that Donald Trump coordinated with the Russians to win the election when we were saying that two years ago, people said we were crazy. My children yes, told me did. I was crazy when I told them it was the Russians and that they were going to find out eventually. And my my older son, who pays much more close attention to politics, was like, Mom, come on. You can't just walk around saying the Russians did it. I said, yes, I can, because it's true. He said, you we have don't, no we proof. I said, we will now. get proof. Yes. So, yes, we've known this. You know, the vindication is fine, but like, I want to see them all fry. It's not enough that we know. Now, my concern is that a lot of the people who are uh, Trump Republicans are now some of them trying to pretend that they are never Trump Republicans and they will be in some ways leading the rebuilding of the party and deciding who's in, who's out. And I think we all know who I'm talking about. And these are the Mm -hmm. people who control the money, and I hate to say it, but the true never Trump people don't have the financial backing to rebuild the party. Uh, So it will be um, George Conway with the help of his wife, Kellyanne Conway. Um, I know that what George has been writing and tweeting uh, is spot on. And so people are saying to me, well, Sherry, you must be wrong because everything he's saying, he seems so genuine. Uh, he's saying and doing and, and writing all of the right things because they are the right things um, about Trump. Uh, but right. this is a man who was never in the spotlight. He was very well known uh, in political and some legal circles, but all of a sudden he steps into the limelight uh, about a month and a half before uh, Kennedy was retiring and Kavanaugh became the nominee. Uh, George Conway infiltrated the Never Trump movement. He was at a meeting, a secret meeting actually, that I was in and I wasn't told in advance. And I walk in and he's there. Um, and I thought, and I instantly knew that he's there for a reason. I think they are trying to have it both ways and play both sides of the fence so they can survive as a power couple in the post-Trump era. Uh, but George Conway is part of the Federalist Society, as was Kavanaugh. Uh, and, I, and I'm pretty sure that George was sent out to soften up never-Trump Republicans to see if they would support the Kavanaugh nomination. He succeeded in getting many of them to do so, prominent never-Trump Republicans to support Kavanaugh. 
Uh, and I, you have to wonder, why would Trump himself not have been going hammer and tong after George Conway and firing Kellyanne for the things that George has been saying? Because George is saying and writing very correct things, very persuasive things. I believe they cut some kind of a deal that George can go out there and do this um, as long as he helped deliver Kavanaugh. But because people like me were being very vocal, questioning this interesting, um, these interesting relationships and how he was getting away with it, all of a sudden he gets criticized, uh, not by Trump, not by Donald Jr., but by Eric. And uh, just to make it look credible, because I guess Tiffany wasn't available. <laughs> to go after George they don't Conley. ever trot her out. So, so. Yeah, so I, I think it's kabuki theater. I think we're being played. Um, and um, I have noticed that some of my fellow Never Trumpers, you know, prominent ones, are very quiet on what I'm saying because at some level I think they know that it, that George is going to be, you know, George will still control the money. So I don't have confidence that the rebuilt, the newly rebuilt Re- Republican Party is going to purge itself of people who worked for Trump, enabled Trump, and uh, did so much to ruin um, our country. So following that's a depressing that, statement, um, I realize, but I'm being dead honest with you. No, no, I, and I'm hearing everything that you're saying. So, but m- from my side of it, though, when you see all of these people who have remained loyal to him, like Kellyanne Conway, like Rand Paul, who is clearly super compromised and has become the errand boy that Michael Cohen used to be. Um, when you see Lindsey Graham being complicit and Mitch McConnell and Dana Rohrabacher and Devin Nunes, what happens to them when you, when it is all revealed that they've all been in cahoots with the Russians, what happens to them though? You know, they, they well, can try to distance themselves from Trump because they don't need him anymore, but they're still, you know, they're still all guilty of accepting money from the Russians and, and working in cahoots with them. So what happens well, to I'm them? Well, I'm going behind this even further. I'm going to the, operat- the operators behind them. I'm talking about the groups that control the money. I'm talking about uh, the Federal Society, maybe Heritage and people like that, uh, the people <laughs> some of these elected officials answer to. Uh, elected officials come and go. These other people stay forever in Washington. There is a permanent class in Washington. Some are journalists. Uh, some are the money people, the lobbyists, a lot of people you – you see behind the scenes. Uh, that's why it's interesting that George Conway has stepped into the public spotlight when no one knew, no one outside of political circles knew who he was uh, forever. And now all of a sudden he's he's stepping forward. Uh, people do things for a reason, and I think that his deal was. He also, I also believe that he and Kellyanne wrote that anonymous letter too. But I think it's so they could survive uh, in a post-Trump world. Um, and and if I sound cynical, you have to understand I've known a lot of these people for decades. And these were people who were as anti-Trump as we are until, some until he got the nomination or until they got their jobs. And some after he won, they just decided to treat him as if he was Ronald Reagan so they could keep their TV gigs. They could get their book deals. They could keep their lobbying gigs. They could still go to the parties. They could get their job in the administration. They could still be a part of the stuff of Washington, so to speak. Uh, And then they're – there were some of us that just couldn't do it. And I didn't, this wasn't politics anymore. This was morality. This was about our country. This was about um, this incredibly important critical point in history where we have to stand up to this type of thing because Trump is dangerous. Uh, somewhat, you know, Germany, 1934. I don't think that's hyperbole to say it. 
Uh, I don't so think some, so either. Some, somebody, some of them did that go along to get along and, and to justify what they are doing, and they will do what they have to do to survive in a post-Trump world by pretending, well, they never really were there or they didn't really know. Um, but, uh, you know, they'll, they'll survive. I don't think it'll be the news of the world and the Warbuckers, obviously, um, but it'll be some of the other folks that I've named, the people that uh, keep showing up, you know, like a bad penny, you know. Right. <laughs> they are in the system from the time they're in their 20s to the, the time when they, you know, they can't uh, make it to, you know, their their local uh, Republican meetings, I guess, or go to the fundraisers. So there is a permanent class, and they will yeah. put their finger in the air to see which way the wind is blowing, and that's what they'll do. Do you think that uh, uh, Kellyanne, Kellyanne and George have been in contact with the Mueller investigation and maybe received some sort of an immunity deal? Do you um, think that there are people working Kelly, with Mueller but, quietly behind the scenes that we don't, don't know about who are Kelly, receiving immunity? I don't think I don't think Kellyanne was really tied up in all that. She may know some things, but people say, oh, when these people are indicted, I don't see any reason why she would be. Um, um, I mean, she's got that relationship with the Mercers, of course, and would continue to, you know, control some of the money. Uh, Dave Bossie controlled a lot of that money. He could end up as the next White House chief of staff because everybody keeps telling Trump no. But that is unless Corey Lewandowski can roll over his good friend Dave Bossie. They could co-written two books together, but they'll be fighting each other for the job. Um, so, but you know, I think that I think that uh, um, she'll be fine. Um, I don't think there'd be any reason for her to be in touch with Mueller or for them to want to speak with her. We haven't heard word that Mueller's people have talked to Corey Lewandowski. Is that because he's completely clean on all of this? No, because I don't think this is all just through Manafort. Um, There's a lot of dirty stuff going on, you know, top to bottom, front and back with Trump from the beginning. Um, if I were Corey Lewandowski, uh, unless he knows he's completely clean on everything and that's why they don't need to talk to him, uh, if I were him, I'd be very nervous about the fact that they aren't because they also haven't talked to Roger Stone. That means you're a target. Mm-hmm. So. And they Jerry, keep putting Corey Lewandowski and Rick Santorum on CNN, and I don't understand why. Yeah. Well, and you no, see that... Michael Caputo, who's one of the people listed as the, the 16 – uh, people associated with Trump, Trump staff that that uh, met with um, and had contact had contact with the Russians. And Michael Caputo is on CNN, and that helps him raise money for uh, the super PAC that he and Steve Bannon uh, have and, and run, and helps him raise money for his GoFundMe's that he then pays the legal bills for other folks. Um, yeah, I mean, I you know the media. There are still some in the media who are extremely complicit in this. They're playing the same game that they played. In the primary, which is how we got Trump, so it, uh, it 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 doesn't end. And you know what I'd like to think is that this that there's a sweep, almost like a sting operation, and Mueller and the state uh, law enforcement, other aspects of the FBI, Southern District of New York, that they get everybody on everything, that nobody skates on obstruction, uh, including Hope Hicks, uh, and uh, you know she clearly obstructed justice, obstructed justice. Um, and if there's a lot of deals cut, I suppose some people get off scot-free. Um, but I'd like to think that um, – I, mean, I think the country needs to see the people who who committed perjury, obstructed justice, uh, conspired with the Russians, laundered money, that they all go down. It's either uh, you're either going to force the law or you aren't, and that includes lying to Congress. So often, um, you know, the people who lied to Congress did so because they thought they could never be – indicted or prosecuted for it. Uh, and, and we find you know, out otherwise. Republic- 
Well, not the Republicans weren't going to do that. Um, they weren't going to for They weren't going to go after Roger Stone or Don Jr. or Michael Caputo. The Democrats may. Uh, but there's a reason Roger Stone pled the fifth and said he wasn't going to um, uh, testify to the Senate because he knows he's already lied and then had to amend his testimony when he realized, when Michael Caputo realized that Mueller had everything. Mueller knew that these guys had uh, talked to and met with and conspired with Russians. So that somebody had you know, won the $2 million for the dirt on Hillary. So they did this. And this is while Caputo was, in fact, employed by the Trump campaign. Uh, and he lied to Congress about this. And then when he realized Mueller had everything, he says, oh, I didn't lie. I just forgot. And then he talked to his buddy, Roger Stone. And Roger Stone's like, oh, yes, I forgot all those conversations in that meeting I had with the Russians, too. Let's amend our testimony so that it can't be called perjury. Now, they obviously lied. Uh, It is perjury. No one believes that they forgot it. Uh, But if they skate on this, what is the use of ever having uh, people uh, testify to Congress under oath? And they weren't lying about something unrelated to the the core issue at hand. They were lying about the core issue at hand. So if Democrats allow them to skate, um, you know, nobody, you can't, you can't ever, you know, you can commit perjury whenever you want in in terms of uh, testifying. I'm not sure that the Democrats will allow them to skate. And the the reason I think this is uh, not that long ago, I want to say maybe a week and a half or so ago, because, again, you know, every day feels like seven years. But um, uh, Eric Swalwell was on uh, Chris Hayes' show about a week and a half ago or so, and he said that there are boxes, boxes of sealed testimony, uh, Don Jr.'s, Roger Stone's, uh, proof of them lying uh, to yeah. Congress. And those, but those testimonies are currently sealed, and Democrats can't get their hands on them until next month when the new Democratic House is sworn in. And then they will be able to unseal those boxes, unseal that testimony, and share those, those uh, lies with the American public. And then they may actually be able to recall them and have them retestify openly on well, television. And, and that would be amazing. And because then, then the American public would finally Mueller, know everything. Yeah. Once they send the testimony to Mueller, then Mueller can indict. Uh, and right. that's what it is. And I know, I know that uh, Congressman Swalwell is also taking a look at Michael Caputo because you know he, you know he and I have had some private conversations. But I saw his public Twitter um, kerfuffle with Michael Caputo some months ago, where uh, Congressman Swalwell said, "You lied to my face. You look, you sat there, Mike, in, in my committee in Congress, and you lied to us." You know, and so we've got Caputo smarting off to elected officials, um, obviously extremely confident. Um, that if he behaves like Donald Trump by basically uh, thumbing his nose at those in authority, that he will get away with it. Right now, you have a lot of Trump people behaving like Trump because they think they can. They think this will work for them because in their mind, it has worked for Trump or it appears to have worked so far. Um, I think we're all looking forward to the day when uh, the indictments come raining down or they know that the minute uh, Donald Trump leaves office uh, in whatever way he leaves office, um, the jig is up, it's over, and that you don't get away with these things. It just doesn't get wrapped up in a half hour like a TV sitcom. It does take time. Uh, so I think the history books are going to uh, reflect this period in our history a lot differently than we feel it in real time, um, but that's because we're the ones living it, taking part in it, and trying to um, make justice happen. So we live Jerry, in a um, time. 
Carrie, yep. <laughs> uh, the uh, the uh, alleged Russian agent um, Maria Botina, um, she is set to uh, withdraw her plea of not guilty. She's poised to plead guilty uh, in the case involving attempts to influence the NRA. I am very. This is something very intriguing to me. Um, I want to see how deep this goes into the NRA, and with oh, her so pleading. Yeah, it's gonna go further I, than the NRA too. Oh no! Yeah, absolutely. And I, 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 I'm very curious to see with her pleading guilty in this what she, um, what she offers up there to the table, and who, um, how high up the chain does it go in the NRA? And and as you said, you know, with other agencies and in other um, <clears throat> uh, Trump lobbying groups. I have no idea. You know, I that's a really odd one because she seems to have had some kind of contact with literally everyone. You yeah. know? She got all the way I mean, to the I have Oval no idea how deep it's going mean, to go with the NRA. Yeah. Uh, I mean, everybody, at least, I don't know if having your picture taken with someone shows that, that, you know, you've had some sort of contact that perhaps was improper. Uh, but, boy, she was everywhere over the years, wasn't she? I mean, she's like fourth girl. Well, we all know that Republicans are super, super, super uptight about the sex. And the Russians sure know that, too. So they send in an attractive, redheaded gun enthusiast. And she uses her lady bits to get close to these men. Find out their Is secrets. Is that what we're calling them now? Thank you. That's that's interesting. I can say <laughs> vagina if you would prefer. But no, um, no, no. Let's call let's her the modern Matahari. I mean, she used her body to obtain secrets about how uh, Russian money is funneled into the NRA and then trickling down to the GOP. She found out who was taking the money because she seduced them and she got close to them and she did naughty, dirty things that their wives wouldn't do. And because Republicans are super hung up about sex, that's how you get to them. You use your your feminine wiles. And she's the Matahari of this story. And that's why she's absolutely guilty, because she absorbed their secrets through her lady parts and then took them back to Daddy Vlad. And they used all of that to blackmail and control the GOP. That's my pot. That's how I'm I'm framing it. I think I'm. I'm I'm pretty right about that, and well, the fact that yeah, she's you're, prob- her plea. you're probably. I think you're probably mostly right, and I think that there are uh, some incredibly nervous people in Washington these days, um, mm-hmm. uh, just wondering when or if some of this will will come out. So hopefully I, before I you look. Hopefully before Christmas, so that we can all have a lovely, cheerful, celebratory holiday season. Is that what you're saying? Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> <laughs> that would be. Because we used That to. would be absolutely great. That would be great. Yeah. You know, we're. I think we're all kind of exhausted from this um, crisis that our country has been in. Uh, and as you know, this this started with me, really uh, in mid 2015. So I've been dealing with this for a while. And as exhausting as it is, guys. Um, Everything that I knew, kind of knew, thought I knew, uh, other people thought I might have been crazy 
you know, so there's some circles you just can't say this stuff unless you're talking to law enforcement, which I, I did. I had been talking to the FBI very early on. Uh, but now anybody who said, oh, you can't, that's not true. Just like with your son on the, on the Russia stuff, you know, it's all coming uh, to fruition now. Uh, I've yep. been right literally on just about everything, and and that's very satisfying uh, to Isn't know it? that um, I, I'm not alone good. in the wilderness. Well, it's it's a very terrible feeling knowing big horrible things, and knowing that other people don't believe them, and and there's kind of nothing you can do about it. Uh, so to well, yeah. see it all now make a lot of sense, and uh, you know it is it is satisfying, but. You know, um, the clock is ticking. We're all getting older, and I certainly have no intention of wasting uh, some really valuable years of my life um, wondering if and hoping and, and praying and, and being nervous about this country, uh, getting rid of this evil man in the White House and the people around him, and being, and importantly, being able to heal and recover from the damage that he's done. And, and you know, you were naming some other names before about what happens to them. I do have a fear. It's not going to be a full, clean sweep. And there will be some really bad eggs remaining who will remain in media, in government, uh, in the party, in, 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 as elected officials. They're going to stay in the system. Um, and um, that will be bad. Do they continue to do the horrible big bad things? I don't know. Uh, you know, I've seen – I come from a time when I remember people – just practically groveling to Jack Abramoff to be around him and have a seat at his table at his at his um, restaurant. Uh, and as you know, Corey Lewandowski's former boss, um, a congressman, um, ended up in prison in the Jack Abramoff scandal. So there is an element of um, Republican operatives that tend to thrive on that type of thing. They love feeling like they are mobsters. They love feeling that they're getting away with something. They love pushing the envelope. Uh, They think they are invincible. They think they're tough guys. And uh, I'd like our justice system, uh, starting with Robert Mueller, to let them know unequivocally that, no, you don't get to. Uh, You're not above the law. I think that they're going to learn that. They're going to learn that, especially once our Democratic House is sworn in and we have uh, more power and the ability to go after these individuals. And, you know, and I'm hoping, uh, like everybody else, that there is some normalcy within the GOP body where they will hold the, their colleagues accountable. I, you have to hope that there are still some there, – there are good people still in the GOP. You know, you're John Kasichs and, and such who will – Stand up and say, you know, uh, we, we're going to we're going to cut out the cancer and try to uh, grow a healthy party again. We can only hope. That. I mean, I you know, and I, I still think that you know we need more than two parties, and that's something that can perhaps occur down the road. Um, again, the unknown is the thing that scares us the most, and I think that we're going to learn some more uh, damaging things in the next coming weeks. Uh, Sherry, you are always wonderful. Uh, we love having you on the show. You've been a wonderful friend to the show, and we thank you so much for your time today. I hope that the roads thank melt enough that you can get out of North Carolina. Well, if, if, if not, then I guess I'll just develop a southern accent and stay here. But I'm pretty sure I'll be getting out of here tomorrow. But the snow is lovely, and I'm glad that the people down here in North Carolina are enjoying it since they don't get it <gasps> well, quite as often. Well, bless your heart, as, as they would here. say. <laughs> yeah. And we, Everybody you know follow Sherry on Twitter, at Sherry Jacobus. Your insight is, I think, absolutely priceless, and yeah. 
we always love having you, and we'll have you back soon, well, my thank dear. Thank you. Thank yes, you. Jerry, thank, thank you, you so thank much. You we'll talk soon. All right, ladies and gentlemen, have Sherry. Have Yes, absolutely. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Sherry Jacobus. Make sure and follow Sherry Jacobus on Twitter. You can do so at Sherry Jacobus, J-A-C-O-B-U-S. And you can also uh, check out uh, a houseunited.net. That is Sherry's site. Um, and make sure and check that out, a houseunited.net. Uh, what a incredible... Um, interview. Uh, what a, a cherry's always great, Tara. Oh, always, always, always. And the insight, because she's been at tables that we have not been at, and she's got insight and knowledge uh, that others don't. And um, I really, the I think for me, I mean, I heard a lot of things that you and I have already discussed, but the one thing that I really gleaned from that uh, discussion that we just had with her is the narrative we're going to start seeing from Fox News. I'll be yeah. really interested to see the results of the McConnell-Murdoch meeting because her putting it together like that makes so much sense. That is really what we should be looking for, especially when you go back and you look at the fact that the Fox News official Twitter has not tweeted since the 8th of November. Right. To me, that's a huge well, thing. And uh, it's... You know, and I don't, if you're CNN, MSNBC, even even your crazier news outlets, you know, your Washington Examiner and your, you know, your, your Federalist or whatever, they tweet constantly, constantly to not have the official Fox News Twitter active is incredibly telling because they should be backing up everything that Trump tweets as they used to from the beginning. They used to quote tweet him. They used to do all of these things. And now they're not doing anything. And I think that that is something to watch because it means something. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Like I was, you know, saying in the beginning of the show, I, I, I touched on with Sherry um, before she, she, she kind of laid out that, that narrative with, with, with Murdoch and McConnell, you know, I saw a lot of Republicans and, and I'm, I'm uh, come out over the weekend in print and, on various news programs, um, and I, 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 losing some of the, I mean, I can't remember all the names um, of the people. I mean, uh, there's a handful. Rubio stuck out of my mind because I seen him. Well, I, 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 it, he stuck out of my mind because he was making it very clear. And for me, and like Sherry alluded to, then you're, you know, I, am I? Yes, I am absolutely making a case that. Now I believe where last week and maybe even the week before, I, I kind of really took the whole week to, weekend to kind of take all this in, Tara. And I mm. went back and listened to some of our stuff. I've listened to some other podcasts, read a whole lot of stuff, stayed off social media. And, I, yeah, I see this uh, – I, I see that many Republicans, not just in the Senate, but Republican friends of mine – um, people with money. I had a I had a lunch, a lunch with a big time big time Republican donor um, that just happens to be a friend of the family, and um, and he he said he would no longer be giving any money as long as Trump was 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 
there. Yeah, and we're talking and about that's a high, huge yeah. because they are all yeah, about huge. the money. And we're talking about yeah. Somebody in the oil, well, I'll just say I, I no names. Somebody in the in the in the in the oil business and in, in land business here in Texas and Oklahoma. But um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm seeing you. I'm seeing a working uh, a way as Sherry. She nailed it. What I was trying to say. I'm seeing them working towards getting that 67. And I think mm-hmm. with the new, you know, I, I and I don't think it's that far. Off. I mean, you're not. I mean, once you have a few fold, you know, let's just, you know, if you have Rubio fold, you have Romney and, you know, throw in, you know, uh, you know, whoever else, Graham, um, he folds, um, you know, then I mean, gonna, I think then slowly, but yeah, then I think you just have a domino. I mean, then I think you just kind of have a domino effect, domino effect. and yeah, I, and then I and, think they all fold, and then I think you march, you know, whoever, you know, whoever, you know, this generation, this this administration, whoever is, you know, um, you know, Senator Scott and Goldwater that went to Nixon, whoever those people are that go to Trump and say, look, it's your over, dude. your toast, your toast yeah. is over. Well, you know, it's over. Also, remember, Marco Rubio probably has his own motivations for for doing this, and yeah, even though he was playing the party him. line. Yeah. He has his yeah. own motivation. Revenge is yeah. a wonderful motivator. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. we, well, we all remember the campaign. No doubt. We all remember the campaign, and we all remember the name calling. And I would guess Marco Rubio has not forgotten for one second Ted Cruz, as slimy and disgusting and complicit as he is. Ted Cruz hasn't forgotten one thing. All of them, John Kasich, everybody who ran against him. In twenty in the twenty sixteen election, all of those those GOP opponents that he went after and belittled and gave nicknames to and said terrible things about, those will be the first to come around and say, Yeah, time for him to go. I I think so. They have they have more motivation than others to get back at him. And then if it but when it comes down to it, it's going to come down to money because that's everybody's motivator. And it's Excuse them me. being self-protective because it's their reputations on the line, but then it is also their personal finances that will impact their families. So we I kept you, asking yeah. during the campaign, what is enough for them? What makes yeah. the, them back away from him? What it comes down to is when it finally touches them personally. And that's, I'll tell you another senator. That's where it goes. Um, I'll tell you another senator here um, from the state here of – Texas, where I'm at, that um, not I'm not talking speaking Cruz. I'm talking one that's up in 2020. That's Cornyn. He's going to face a tough ass. Uh, you know, which you're probably going to have um, uh, Castro run against him here in Texas, and Good. for the for this, yes. So he's going to have a tough race. So you might you might have a John Cornyn fold and say, listen. Uh, you know, there's just too much baggage here, and you know, I I, I can't do this, uh, Trump. They got to cut bait. They really do. They really yeah. do. Well, I've been cut saying that. I mean, that's away. a huge. And there's a whole. There's there, you know, there's a buttload. <laughs> excuse my language, but uh, there's a buttload of Republican Senate seats up. What is uh, 22? Um, so I mean, that's a ah. lot. And it. I mean, it, <laughs> say bye. That's a lot. It is. And yep. remember, it's only Monday. It's only it's Monday. It's only Monday. 
by the time Friday rolls around seven years from today, when we hit Friday, um, we're going to be having a very different discussion than today. Because that's what that's the world, that's the country we are living in now. And by by Wednesday's show, who knows what what'll happen. But I would say by the end of the week, perhaps we're having a conversation that that pushes us even closer to what we're talking about. Who knows, kids? Who knows? All I yep. know is uh, every day. Um, people always ask me, maybe they ask you this as well. Like how much research do you do for your show? How much preparation? Zero. All I do is wake up and look at the news. That's all we have to do. That's all we have to do to prepare for our show because every single day he gives us something new to talk about. So come Wednesday, perhaps we will be able to, uh, you know, further this conversation because maybe by Wednesday we'll, we'll know even more than we know today. Fingers crossed. Yeah. I actually do a lot of prep for the show, but um, I just, you I mean, know, I'm just not, know. I, we do, but what I'm saying is it's like, you almost don't even have to, like when we have a, we have a new guest, obviously we're going to prep, but when we have someone on like Sherry that we know well, uh, we know that we're just going to sit here and have a great conversation with her and she's going to provide insight like nobody else. Um, and that's what I look forward to. It's like, you know, I, I, you know, I'm obviously up on all, all the info, but to have her, come in and say oh but this fox news angle that's why that's why i love what we do when we can bring in these amazing guests because the perspective and the knowledge and the insight is something that's invaluable to us yeah uh tara we have uh coming up we're gonna wrap this up right now but tara you know coming up on wednesday we have a really super exciting guest dr kathleen london she is running um she is a democrat she is running for the senate <clears throat> against susan she collins, susan and, collins. yes mm-hmm. she's running against susan collins in 2020 um uh for the united states senate out of maine and we are really excited to have uh, Dr. Kathleen London joining us on Wednesday's show. That'll be a great talk. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's going to do it for us today, ladies and gentlemen. We'd like to thank everyone for tuning in. Thank you for all the retweets, all the kind words, and uh, all the support you've given this show throughout the months. We are always headed to bigger and better things as we continue to build. And we just hope everyone has a, have a has a wonderful, uh, happy, and safe um, holiday season here. Uh, Christmas upon us. Um, uh, all right, wrap it up. Um, if you missed any of the show today, give it about 15 minutes, and you can catch the show and download the show right here on TaylorTerraRadio.com or any of your favorite podcast listening platforms. Um, that would be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play Music. Uh, Podbean, or just simply go to Google or your favorite search engine and type in Taylor Terra Radio, and uh, you will see a listing of a number of different platforms you can download and or listen to the show on. You can even click on images, and you can download some of our uh, some of our pictures if you like. <laughs> Why would anyone want to do that? I, would you be? You know what? I really oh please do don't do that. I don't know. Maybe the pictures of Crosby. There are Twitter accounts out. There are plenty of. There are more than you think out there, Chair. There are plenty of Twitter accounts out there that have our hitter that we use on Twitter. They use they use it for their hitter more than you think. Really? 
Yeah. Besides you and me and Steve. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. All right. Have a wonderful right. Monday, and we'll see you Wednesday. Absolutely. Rumors spin around, and then 